Regan. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to be here. And uh, I promise you the honor is all ours to be invited to come and be with you today. And uh, we have been looking forward to this for quite some time. And uh, we uh, are thankful to be here. Thankful for what we felt in this service up till now. I'd like to say that I appreciate Brother Riggin, and, uh, you know, we don't get up here and just swap compliments. We really mean what we say, and uh, he has certainly been a voice in Pentecost for many, many years and been a pastor for a long time uh, in various locations. God's really used him through the years, and uh, I appreciate his work, his desire to work for God, his love for God. I believe that Brother and Sister Riggin are Christian people, and their life example has certainly proven that. And then again, I want to thank him for the burden that he has for the souls in Africa. It's, uh, he was explaining to me how that came about just last night, and uh, my, what a unique way God put all that together. And then the outcome that's uh, happening even now from all of that is, uh, man, it's spectacular. So uh, I, I appreciate them, appreciate the work they do here, and uh, appreciate this church. Every city needs a lighthouse. Every city needs a lighthouse. I want to thank you for that uh, wonderful room and uh, the meal that we had last night. My word, did we ever, he bought in on some grazing rights, and I did my part last night. My uh, I thought for a little while I could just get lost in this place. But, uh, man, that was awesome. And we thank you so much for that uh, hospitality and the room and the goodies. Man, we got a bag of goodies. And, man, I mean, it had a little bit of everything in it, cookies and, and uh, apple and, uh, cookies. And uh, <laughs> I think there was some water in there and there was some cookies and uh, did I mention them cookies? <laughs> Man, I don't know who was responsible for them things, but I can guarantee you one thing. They're, <clears throat> they're history. <laughs> they are absolutely history today. Amen. Went real good with that cup of coffee this morning. Praise God. Well, I do come to you today with a burden on my heart. And uh, I feel like the Lord wants to help us and you know I really don't know what you normally do on this service time but I do know that uh, God has met you here before and uh, I believe that that is the desire and the will of God that he would meet up with all of us in this room today and uh, I want to be the instrument of the Lord in this pulpit today to try to help somebody to take up some space that has grown between you and God and I believe that uh, if you'll do your part, God is more than able to do his. Amen. Well, let's stand together and let's turn to Mark, the 10th chapter. <clears throat> it's a very familiar uh, portion of scripture that we're going to read, the 46th verse, Mark chapter 10 and 46. Uh, many of you have probably heard this story from the time you were a child. We're going to take a little different angle on it. And, uh, you know, I have been in this church two other times in my life. And uh, once it was for a funeral, and another time it was at a special meeting that you were having. I think Elder Burgess was preaching. 
and I came with Brother uh, Elder uh, Nathan Dudley and, and Pastor Jonathan Dudley over here uh, to that meeting. <clears throat> and outside of that, I Brother Goff and Dusk go way back, but we haven't seen each other since 99. I believe he revealed that to me today. I, didn't, I couldn't believe so much time has gone by. But uh, so I really, I'm not familiar with all of you. And uh, I really think God is going to deal with some issues here today. <clears throat> so you have to understand, it's, uh, your pastor and I didn't discuss church over that grazing ground last night. Uh, we took care of business in that place. And uh, so if God speaks to you today, uh, can you just take it as that, that it's a voice from the Lord? And accept what God is trying to do for you in this house. It's, you know, it's one thing for the word of God to come forth, but it never really does its job until it's received appropriately. Received appropriately. So we want everything to come together today so that we will benefit from the word of God. Mark chapter 10, verse 46, and I'm going to read through verse 52. He came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people... Blind Barnabas, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. He began to cry out. We're going to talk about this quite a bit today. And say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried uh, the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. And Jesus stood still. My. There were some things that started to come together right here in the middle of this city on a dusty road. Amen. A man cried and God, the mighty God in Christ, stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. My title today is just simply crying out for mercy. Crying out for mercy. Let's lift our hands collectively in the house today. And let's ask God to help us to receive this message. God, we love you and we thank you for all that you have afforded us. God, in this house of prayer today, we ask you, Lord, to let the anointing fall upon each and every one that is in this house. God, I need your touch. I need your help today. I want to do your will. Oh, God, help me, Lord, that I could convey this word to your people as you would have it delivered to them today. God, help the people to receive this word as you would have them to receive it. God, we need you so desperately in this place right now. God, your spirit is very evident, and we thank you for that. God, your anointing has already come, and we thank you for that. God, help us, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, 
Take this bread of life, oh God, bless it, break it, multiply it to every need that is in this house. God, we give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Riggin, for the invitation to be here today. I am very honored to be here. The eyes of Bartimaeus were opened. What a grand miracle that was. The blind eyes begin to see again. That's, a, that's one of the greatest miracles that could ever happen to any person, anywhere, at any given time, whether it's historically or whether it's even in our, uh, our modern day time. Uh, what a grand miracle. There was many times that a miracle was recorded. Matthew 20 and 29 records it. And then uh, I think in Luke 18 and 35, the different recollections of the blind uh, eyes being healed. I want to talk about blindness for just a little bit. Uh, the definition of blindness is simply unable to see. But there's more to uh, it just uh, than the inability to see. Uh, it also means that uh, it, you're unable to see yourself. You're unable to see yourself. It's more than just uh, not being able to see what's around you or to be able to see others, uh, but you're unable to see yourself. And you do understand that we're gonna take physical situation here, uh, but it's gonna have a spiritual application. And uh, so we understand that it's synonymous with sightless and visually impaired and and I'm not really going into all of the physical aspects of this today, but I am uh, going into everything that I can to consider and concern uh, ourselves with spiritual blindness today. We cannot afford to be spiritually visionless. We cannot afford to walk through this world uh, in this life for God unseen. Uh, uh, we need sight. Uh, uh, lacking perception is another part of the definition. Awareness is in the definition. Discernment comes in. I'm gonna tell you the church needs discernment in this hour that we live. It's got to be more than a man of God that has the discernment in a pulpit. It's got to be discernment in the life of every man, woman, and child or young person in the church uh, to be able to discern uh, what is of God and what is not of God. Are you hearing me today? You need the ability to know the difference of what you hear, whether it's holy and right for you. You need to understand the environment that you might find yourself in as to whether it is good for your spirituality or whether it's gonna be a detriment to you somewhere down the line. We need to understand the importance of spiritual sight and insight and discernment as we live for God today. Amen. Uh, hey, there's only one way you're gonna have that working in your life, uh, and that's when you are completely full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, 
You cannot discern of your own spirit. You cannot discern with your flesh. You can reason and you can intellectually, you can analyze, but that's only the surface. You've got to get into a place to where when the enemy comes that you recognize his presence. It's important to us to understand that today. The Bible says that he is the master of deception. Satan means master of deception. So let me ask you today, how many masks can he wear? How many faces can he present? How many ways the Bible says that he can present himself even as an angel of light? I'm telling you folks, that's pretty scary when you get to thinking about the ability that our enemy has to war and fight against us to destroy our faith in God to take us out of this glorious church. We need God. We need God. We need God. Oh, hallelujah. My, my, there's other definition to blindness today. Unwilling, uh, there's uh, two ways uh, that you can look at this as number one, we talked about unable to see. Circumstances that are out of one's control. But then there's this other blindness that we deal with more in the church uh, than the previous, and it is the unwilling uh, to see. The unwilling uh, to see. I'm gonna tell you, it's this type of blindness uh, that caused God to choose the foolishness of preaching. It's this kind of blindness uh, that has your pastor to walk to this desk uh, and repeat the same message over and over and over again. Uh, You've got to know that foolishness of preaching isn't about fools uh, standing in the pulpit. Uh, It is about uh, people that have to have the same message preached to them time and time again uh, to try to create a desire inside of you to try to override carnality, to try to get past all of the things that you put between you and God to get into that innermost part of your being and your soul so that you can be tender enough to be receptive to the word of God that it can find its way into your mind and find its way into your heart that the power of it can begin to do in your life the things that would be pleasing to God. My, my. Unwilling is a real deal that we deal with today. Unwilling, it's one thing when you just don't have the ability to see yourself. It's a completely different picture when you're unwilling to see yourself as you really are. To purpose oneself to be unable to see. To purpose oneself to be unable to see. Now that sounds strange to me. 
But it happens. It's resistance. Amen. It's when you give over to carnality, it creates a resistance to the word of God. Said, oh my, I don't ever, ever want to get into that place. How many here would want to be in that place? No hands are out, but can I just tell you, there's a resistance here today. There's a resistance here today. My mind could be just because of the uh, lack of familiarity between you and I. I hope that's the case. It could be just uh, you wanting to understand me. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, we, we can, uh, uh, we can uh, learn to know each other somewhere down the line, but what we really need to fall uh, in, the, in the place with today is understanding the word of God. It's not really important how I feel about this, but it is important how God feels about it right now. And it's just as important as how you feel about it right now. Amen. Amen, amen. So, you know, they're, they're, we're dealing with the carnal nature right now. I'm not surprising you. You probably heard pastor or other preachers get up here and tell you I'm more and more preaching against something here today. It's pushing back. I'm feeling resistance already pushing back. I haven't even got into the real opening remarks of the message, but I can feel that pressure coming against me right now. Amen. And you know what? I asked for a show of hands. Who would want to be that way? Not one person lifted their hand, but it's here. Well, there's a remedy for that. It's going to require some things before the day's over if you want to get rid of it. Amen. That one thing it's going to require that I do my part. <laughs> Today, I'm the man for the day. Your pastor's a man that's here on a regular basis, but today my part is to make sure you understand what God's calling you to do. And then there's a real big important part of this that you shake off that spiritual blindness and say, you know what, I've got some things I need to take care of. And that is what God would really like to accomplish in this house today. And he will. He will. He will. If. You ever notice in the word of God the promises that are made available to us and the love of God that's made available to us? Love of God, without condition. I mean totally unconditional, the love of God. He's proven it. But every promise has got a condition tied to it all the way through. It, I'll just put it in a nutshell for you. He said, I will if you will. I will. You can just make your list, and he will if you will. There's a criteria I will. He wants to. And he will. If you will. Ah, what should I do? You should obey. You've got to believe the word of God. I'm kind of hung up right here. I've got a long ways to go. But uh, uh, you, you've got to believe. Anybody believe this word of God we're looking into today? Any believers in the house? Well, how do I know that? 
It always gets quiet when I ask that question right there. <laughs> How did your pastor know that? How would anybody know you're a believer? Do you really believe this Bible? You, you believe this? Well, you're looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate right now. What's the manifestation? What's the proof of believing? Obedience. Yes, sir. <laughs> you thought it was going to really be something, didn't you? Well, it is something. It's important that we learn how to obey the Word of God. I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost can move in here today. And I'm telling you, everything can get just right. And everybody will be willing to get on board in just a little while. But it's what happens when you walk out the door that really matters. What happens when you're not in church tomorrow that really matters. Amen. So do you really believe or you just get caught up in the moment? Or you just get caught up in the effects of somebody else's zeal. Amen. Well, I'm going to try to preach to you today. Your pastor has, he has offered me uh, uh, the, the liberty here today. Amen. He has, he has said, he, your leader, your spiritual leader has said, I can take the liberty today that I need. But I don't believe that's going all the way across 100% in this house right now. Some of you need to give me liberty to preach to you today. Amen. It works a lot easier that way. Amen. It works a lot easier that way. Now don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean I'm gonna back off if you sit down on me. That means we're gonna be here a lot longer than we planned. I usually, when I don't feel like I'm getting the point across, I back up and start spreading it out a little thinner so you can really understand. And it takes a long time sometimes to do that. Now, I've, I've been known to feel the third tape. You can be seated. I, I, in the past, they don't even have tapes anymore, but at, uh, that, I just let you know ahead of time, we can do this the easy way, or we can do this the hard way. I'm just old enough that I wish you'd just come on and help me today and let's do this the easy way. <laughs> Praise God. Amen, amen. I, I ate more carbs last night than I've eaten in the last six months, so I've got a lot of stuff to burn off today. <laughs> I went into a carb coma last night. Dream like a maniac. <laughs> My. But this inability or un unwillingness is where we're at. Unwillingness to see. Number one, you, you really don't want to see the whole picture because it worries you about what it's going to require of you. Man, when you really get the knowledge of truth, you're going to find out that uh, there's a lot of things that are required of you from the Lord. Well, praise God. That's not a bad thing. I would have felt the morning spirit move in on me when I said it. Not a bad thing. 
My, I'm going to tell you, when you break into that joy of the Lord, it's a good life living for God. I'm going to tell you, mediocrity is a hard life when you're trying to live like that for God. But when you break into the fullness of what God has for you, it gets easier. To whom much is given, much is required. Oh my, I just don't know if I can take on another thing. Hey, but it gets easier. My, it gets easier. My, this is an unwillingness to see. Unwillingness to see. We've got to talk about this today. Temporarily, for the sake of self-gratification, we don't want to see it that way. Amen. I've just got to be right regardless. I'd rather be blind and be right in my own eyes. However that works. Huh? Regardless of what it costs, I've got to be right in my own eyes. I know what the pastor said. I know what the pastor preaches. I know what the word of God says. I can read it for myself, but I've decided I'm going to be right in my own eyes. That's the unwillingness to see. The unwillingness to see. It's a self-deception. Ah. And I'll just, I hope I can be, uh, I hope I can say this. I just feel like saying it. I wouldn't say it otherwise, but... If that's the condition of a man's mind or a woman or a member's mind, then you are disconnected, pastor. You're really not their pastor. He's not disconnected. You are. Let me, let me phrase that appropriately. Yeah. It, uh, but it, where do you get? You, now you're lacking good judgment. Uh, your perception is off. It, 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 it throws everything into a, a backward spin. Nothing's going to balance anymore. Uh, without being able to see clearly, without having all of the, the relevant uh, uh, information, you are completely uh, unprepared and impaired when the information doesn't get there into your spirit, into your heart, into your mind. My, my mind's really rolling right now faster than I can talk. I'll be honest with you. God's really, really laying some stuff in my mind right now. My, this one uh, named in the text, uh, uh, the, uh, being a blind beggar. A blind beggar. Uh, you ever seen somebody uh, uh, do a fish kill and they... There's a chemical, I think it's called rotenone or, or something like that. And they, they pour that chemical in the pond. And what it does, it removes the oxygen out of the water. And all of a sudden, uh, all you see is these gaping mouths on the surface. And they're, they're struggling just to get another little bit of oxygen. And I, I'm going to tell you, uh, we see too often people that claim to be a part of the church. Uh, and that's the way they live every day, just on the surface, just gaping for and gasping for another breath of air. I'm telling you, that's not the design uh, that God has for the church. Uh, that's not the design uh, that God has for a young person, a young 
lady, young man, that, that's not the design God never intended for you to live like that. God never intended for you to live like that. You need to wake up. You need to shake yourself and know and understand that, 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 that you, don't, you can change it today. You can change it today. You don't have to live another day like that. Well, I, I just don't see myself like that. Well, do you see yourself in the rapture? Uh, have you been worried about whether if God should come like a thief in the night, if he should come right now, would you make it? If in the next second the, the rapture took place, would you still be sitting here? Wow. Hey, that's, that's scary. Well, it shouldn't be. It should be a glorious thought. Oh, that worries me. It shouldn't worry you. You claim to have this truth. You claim to be a child of God. You claim to have the Holy Ghost. The Bible said that in the last day we'll cry out, come quickly, Lord. I'm not trying to scare you. But if that's what it takes, then so be it. I'd rather see you scared and saved than contented and lost. Amen. Amen. Here he is. He's a beggar. He's blind and he's a beggar. Called Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, which some think signifies the son of a blind man. He was uh, the, the blind son of a blind father. A genetic mishap, which patterned years of traditions. Uh, unique to this man and his ancestors. And it's bad enough to deal with it in an individual, but I'm telling you, pastor, and you may have seen it on this wise when it's in the third generation and still going on. My, my, I'm gonna tell you, that's how it happens. Let me talk to your moms and dads here for just a little while, that's how it happens. You get all sideways with the pastor and you stay sideways with the man of God. You know what? Your children are gonna be that way. Does it matter? Or have you just gotta be right regardless? I hope this is okay, pastor. Have you just got to be right regardless? No matter whether your children go to hell with you or not. I've seen it all the way through. I had a situation in the church I pastored uh, the great-grandparent all the way to the great-grandchild. Common thread of rebellion and disobedience to the pulpit, the man of God. Amen. Boy, I don't have enough time to preach everything. Uh, a genetic mishap that set a pattern for years, for generations, which made the case worse because of the tendency to accept it as the norm. Bye -bye. 
Wouldn't you hate to think that your spiritual disease was your identity? You ever, you ever seen it on that wise? I, I feel like I'm moving in here in a little area here. You ever seen it on that wise where it, 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 I've had people just, I mean, it, it didn't matter what you could say, do, or give, or whatever. They still the same old grouch, just same old bad attitude. Man, just, I mean, it, it, you'd rather get in the presence of a skunk than to get in the presence of them. You come out in better shape. You can wash that sin off eventually. Huh? Yeah, and it, it just seemed like there's nothing you can do to make them happy. Ah. Ah, just the same old attitude, different day. Oh, God, help us. We don't need to be identified, you know. And then after a while, you know, you, you think, my, and then you, you listen to what other people say. You say, man, what's wrong with them? It's just the way they are. Oh, okay. Acceptance. They're wrong. They're not right. They're sinning. It's against the word of God. It's against the body of Christ. Against the pastor of the body of Christ. It's, it's, it's all wrong, but it's the way they are. They've been that way ever since I can remember. It's just the way they are. Well, I had a lady tell me one time, she said, you know, I'm just stubborn. I said, I wish you'd take your Bible down and look up what stubborn means in the Bible. Well, her eyes got all kind of big. You're proclaiming something here. You don't even have good sense enough to understand what you're saying. Don't say that in front of the children of this church. I don't want them to think that's a badge of honor. Huh? Just because you've butted heads with a pastor for 30 years doesn't mean we want another generation coming on that knows how to butt heads with a pastor. Huh? Oh, so you are stubborn, huh? Well, I think the Bible says, doesn't it say the stubbornness is as the sin of witchcraft? So what are you telling me, sister? You're saying, I'm a witch. What a claim to fame. You're looking at me like a calf looking at two new gates right now. <laughs> you wonder where in the world we're going with all of this. It all depends on you. <clears throat> Amen. My mind. Because of this condition and the traditional sense of an impossibility. Amen. It made the whole miracle greater and more wonderful if that's an appropriate way to say it, and more uh, proper to typify the, the spiritual cure that was brought on by the mercy of God. I'm just saying that to let you know you don't have a problem that's too big for God to take care of. You haven't had it so long that it can't be cured. It doesn't matter how long you've practiced in that realm or how long you've lived that life or how, how long you've carried that excess baggage. I'm telling you, God is going to open a door for you today. 
You don't have to wait on the next revival. You don't have to wait on the next youth camp. You don't have to wait on the next family camp. You don't have to wait on the end time revival to come by. I'm talking about today. You want to please God? You want to please God? Then you'll do what he wants you to today. That's what we're calling for is today. And it's just coming to my spirit that there's an urgency for me to speak that to you right now. You don't need to wait another day. You, you waited too long already. Oh, let's lift our hands and love the Lord right now. Help us. Help us today. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Mighty God, help us. Help us. <laughs> you can be seated if you were going blind. How hard would you pray? to get your physical eyesight back. If your vision was closing in by the day, how hard would you pray? How hard would you fast for God to heal your eyesight that you would not be physically blind? When in reality, you can still be clothed and you can still be fed and you can still live and breathe and act and you can still earn an income and you can still have a family. But I'm telling you, hey, we're talking about the eternal. We're talking about more than just a span of life on this earth. We're talking about eternity. We pray harder for those things that satisfy our flesh than we do the things that satisfies God. You know that's the truth. Some of it is because of negligence and some of it is just because it's the human nature. Amen. And he sat begging. Ah, he sat begging that, that his personal and physical needs might be met, just leaving, living a light, uh, leading a light of existence, uh, content uh, with just surviving. Just begging out of living. You ever seen, I'm old enough to remember the beggars that sat out in front of the Kroger store and, and all that, playing the guitar with a case open and people putting money in. No color to their eyes at all. No, no uh, uh, I don't even know what you call that colored part on your eye. No color, just white spots in their face. I know it, I just can't pull it out of cobwebs. Sitting there strumming that old guitar, singing, cheer up my brother, live in the... I'll never forget that as long as I live. I was a little kid watching that poor man singing those sorrowful songs, hoping somebody would have enough pity to put something in the box so he could... And as soon as it hit the box, it didn't stay in the box. He reached out and got it and stuck it in his back pocket, afraid somebody else come by and get it because he couldn't see. 
He couldn't see the thief coming. My, we, we need to really pay attention to the word of the Lord. It's, it's for us. It's for our, our good. It, you know, you got to understand church is more than social aspects. It's more than formalities. It's more than just something to do on three times a week. Or, uh, it's, it's got to be taken home with you. It's got to walk out of the door with you. It's got to live with you. It's got to be in your house. It's got to be in your home. It's got to be in every home, every room of your home. It's got to be in your car. It's got to be around you at work. It's got, it's got to become you. My, my, my. He cried out to the Lord Jesus for mercy against the traditional voices screaming in his ears to be quiet. They were afraid he would offend the prophet and the prophet would turn from the city. So those voices around him were saying, don't cry out when the need in him was saying, cry louder. My, his, his need was greater than peer pressure. Young people, you need to understand that. Your need is greater than peer pressure. It doesn't matter what all the other girls are doing. You need to get your need taken care of. Young men, you need to understand that your need is greater. All we know is, is they told him to stop. I wonder if somebody took their foot and kicked him and said, shut that up. Somebody slap him on the head and say, hey, stop it. My, you know what? It just made something trigger inside of him. Uh, the resistance came. The resistance came. He was battling uphill. He wasn't just battling an ancestry of a DNA that worked against him for how many generations? Uh, he was dealing with those that had been around him and had actually been kind to him in the past and now they were mistreating him. And to cry out to more the great deal. I've got this close to my help and I'm not about to let it go by. You know what he was saying? I need it today. I've got to have it today. <laughs> Woo, that just keeps resounding in my mind right now. Somebody here needs God desperately today. Have mercy on me, oh thou son of David. Have mercy on me. You know what? I'm just going to tell you, misery is the object of the mercy of God. My, oh hallelujah. My, my, while the sightless DNA of this family was dictating destruction to his faith, he cried out the more, the great deal. What's coming against your faith right now? Am I lying to you? Is that what, you think that's hindering your faith? You think I'm lying? Huh? Just because I don't know you, is that a hindrance to your faith? You had your faith before you ever met me. You had your faith before you ever met your pastor. 
Huh? The Bible said God gave unto every man a measure of faith. So how about your faith? Is your faith telling you to sit still? Is your faith telling you just hold out that conviction to lift after a while and you'll be out of here? Is that your faith talking to you? Say, well, I'm just not used to it on this wise. I don't believe that. I know your pastor too well to believe that. I know where he come from to believe that. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you what it is. It's just your unwillingness to accept that God is dealing with you today. The unwillingness to move because if you did, everybody know you've got a problem. Well, let me tell you, if you've been here very long, they've known it for a long time. People aren't stupid. Had a, had a lady, she said, well, I'm, you know, I was working on worship one time. I said, you know, why don't you just make a move for God? Do something for God. Did it sit there like a knot on a log. Well, she come by, she's gonna give me her Bible lesson, you know. Well, I'm just gonna tell you right now, unless I feel it. I just don't think I could get out there and do anything like that. And I said, well, I'll guarantee you one thing. If you did get out there, and do something, you'd have this entire church behind you. Well, her eyes got about big, you know, and I said, yeah, because they know if you got out there, it'd have to be God. (laughs) She was our poster child there for a little while. I told everybody, all the young people in the church, I said, when you grow up, don't be like her. I'm really feeling some resistance now. Let's just deal with these things secretly. Let's not make it public. I'm gonna tell you something. The old blind man that day, he didn't care who heard him. He didn't care who was slapping, kicking, hollering, shut up. He didn't care. Huh? My, my, well, if you're not liking this, you ain't gonna like the rest of it. You might as well go and get you a Big Mac or something. Because that's gonna do you more good until your attitude changes, you'd be better off getting a Big Mac. I feel your old attitude. I'm not, you, you, you can understand one thing. What he said about my dad is in the spiritual DNA, friend. I never back down from resistance against this pulpit ever, Pastor, and I'm not gonna do it right now. You can blow up. You can blow up. I don't care. I'm going to preach to the people that want it. I love a good fight. Yeah. I just, hey, hey, there's a lot to be said. That could, other people in here that didn't love for God, they, they, they would love to be benefited by the rest of this. But I'm telling you, gonna sit here and take this resistance uh, without pushing back. Oh, yeah, 
I said, we can do this the hard way or we can do it the easy way. It doesn't matter to me. Understand where I come from. I, when I was in the world, I liked a good fight, whether I won or not. I just wanted to know I'd been there. I didn't get these dents in my face from riding tricycles, okay? So when it gets like this, it's, I like it. You know, but the reason is I really love my job. I do. My boss is out of this world. I'd like to introduce some of you to him today. <laughs> oh, God, help me. Boy, I get a little reckless when I get to feeling like this. <laughs> oh, God. You know why I'm laughing? This happens every time. Every time I challenge that spirit and I feel it back up, it just I get to laughing, brother. I can't help it. So it's backed up a little bit. We'll preach a little bit more. I wish some of you could understand when it comes against the pulpit, that's discernment, you know. And when you feel that resistance bogging down the pulpit, you ought to rebuke it and help the preacher. Is there anything wrong with that? You're working me like a borrowed bill this morning. Where are you at in this? Some of you said you believe. I'd like to see a manifestation of that. That ought to be fair enough. <laughs> oh, God, help me. God, I'm trying to be do everything right because he said he wanted me to come back. <laughs> oh, God. Let me. He's dealing with this sightless DNA. <laughs> Let me just say this. I'm not trying to offend anybody or be a smart aleck in this. But even if your parents are or were spiritually blind, bankrupt paupers, does not mean that you have to be one by default. Not in this life. You don't have to be. Now, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to stand your ground. Man, I've had some of the oldest saints in the church fight me more than any sinner outside the church over some things I was trying to help their family with. So whose side are you on? Well, they said, well, you're not doing that exactly like I think you should. And I said, well, if I remember right, God called me to be the pastor here. Don't make me have to stop and run that thing off again, okay? I've got to preach what God's given me here, but every time I start really getting on to a little something, you guys start really cranking down on me. I didn't turn in the wrong parking lot this morning. I had it on my GPS. I'm in the right place, I believe. Well, why don't you prove that to me? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, I quit being nasty. Get back to preaching. Hmm? You don't have to be. You know what you do have to do, though? 
It's just in typology here today. You've got to cry the more the great deal. I, all of a sudden, you've come to the uh, realization that, you know, that all this stuff that I've traditionally been taught from the side of the family is, is going opposite of what I'm finding out from the pastor. And, and I really feel like I need to go with the pastor on this. And, but I'm getting all this, uh, all this stuff from the family. And, I'm, and you're torn one side or the other. And you're, you're in a crossroads of decision. Let me help you today. Just go with the man of God. Go with the man of God. Go with the man of God. You don't know what to do. Go with the man of God. He's your safety net. I am completely off of my notes. I'm telling you, God is dealing with some things in here right now. Yeah, you, 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 you love your family. Well, who do you love more? You love your family, but who do you love more? I don't have it before me. It just came into my mind. I'll try to paraphrase it. Jesus said, you've got to come to a place to where you hate your mother, you hate your dad, you hate... And he went down the whole list. That doesn't mean you despise them. That means you love them less. You look it up. You love the glass. I love my wife. I'm glad she's here with me today, but I love God more than I love my wife for 35 years. You know what? That's not a problem between her and I. She feels the same way. But if she didn't, I'd still have to love God more. And the same for her. Was it Joshua that challenged the people? Choose today. And I keep coming back to this. Choose this day, today. I, I wish you could feel what I'm feeling when that comes on me to say that again. I just keep coming back and picking up the urgency of now, right now, today, something needs to change. Oh, God. I think we need to lift our hands and ask the Lord to help us right now. Help us right now. God, in your name, we need you. God, somebody needs your help right now. Woo, hallelujah. When you cry, the more, the great deal. That's the indication to God you're ready for the change to come. Yeah, 
So when you push back against everything that's pushing on you and cry the more the great deal, that's an indication. That's when God just kind of scoots up a little closer and turns that ear a little more. Yeah, you could be seated. That, that's, that's, that's the indication that you're ready. You're ready, you're ready, you're ready, you're ready. His own miserable case. He, com- he commends to the compassion of the son of David whom it was prophesied that when he would come and save us, the eyes of the blind shall be opened. Isaiah chapter 35, and the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. And coming to Jesus Christ for help and healing, we should look to him as the promised redeemer. The promised redeemer who is the trustee of mercy and grace. You understand that? He's not just the signer on the account. He owns the account that has all the mercy, all the grace, uh, all the help, all the healing that you need. My, 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 it coming to him. well, you, you, are, you are the benefactor of these things. Jesus encouraged him to hope that he should find mercy for he stood still. You understand that, that body language, a blind man could not see what he did. Uh, and I'm telling you, when things start happening in this, uh, uh, I could have called it dimension, when, when everything starts coming together, it's more than just the blind man uh, that's involved. Uh, he couldn't see the body language of Christ, uh, but because of his importunity, because he would not quit crying out, Jesus stopped and the whole city understood there was a connection and how the connection was made. I'm gonna tell you something, they were kicking and slapping and telling that old blind man to shut up and he was setting a stage for one of the greatest influences of the ministry of Jesus Christ that's ever recorded. Huh? Well, that's a great story, Brother Moody. Well, how about your story? How's it gonna influence this world? How's anybody gonna look to you and see what you can do when it comes to making that connection? Everybody had to recognize that poor beggar has got the undivided attention of Jesus Christ. Because he refused to stop crying out. I'm going to tell you, that's where some of you are locked up right now. You cannot pray. You refuse to pray. You can. You have the physical ability. You have the air in your lungs. You have a larynx that works. You have a voice uh, that can be heard. You, you have everything uh, that's there to, be, uh, to enable you to do what you need to do. But you know what? You're unwilling. You're unwilling. You're unwilling. And you know what? The longer you're silent, the longer God just backs away. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, you know, I, I pray in my mind. No, 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 no. Let me just give you the illustration of that. Through the generations of this country, they went from verbal prayer in the, the seats of Congress and in legislation and in the courtrooms. They went to this moment of silence and now the Ten Commandments are not even welcome. When every law book on every shelf come from Ten Commandments. Your moment of silence will put you in hell. Your inability to pray, your unwillingness to pray. Well, you know, it's every time I get ready to pray, this happens. Well, well, Paul and Silas had that going on. Said for many days they were on their way to pray and this woman full of the devil come up and started vexing their spirit. For many days. You know what? He finally got enough. He turned to the woman, but he spoke to the spirit. That's what it says. And he took care of that problem where she was concerned. But you know what happened? It stirred up a bigger problem. They stripped him, beat him, put him in prison. In a dark cell in the innermost part of the prison. And you know what they did? They said, well, I just don't think I can pray anymore. I think I'm just going to have to back off. This hurts. It, it's really agonizing. I, I'm scared. I, I, no, no, no. Well, that said they started praying and they started singing and they just kept praying. I'm sure there was cups rattling on the bar. Shut up down there. And I believe there was beating on the wall. Shut up. I'm trying to sleep. I believe there was threats that come from the jailer. Shut up. But they cried out the a great deal. Woo! All of a sudden, that old prison started rocking and breaking apart. Them stocks and chains fell off of them. And everybody was set at liberty because two people decided to go ahead and manifest their obedience. in an apostolic church today if, if believers would just manifest what they say. Hey, this isn't a prison cell. This is a house of God. Huh? You're not being persecuted here today. You're persecuting yourself. You locked yourself up. And I'm going to tell you, there ain't but one way to get out of it. You've got to cry the more the great deal. You've got to get a little more verbal. You've got to get a little more passionate. You need to obey what your faith is telling you to do right now. <laughs> God's proving it to you right now in a matter of a half a minute. Look at the atmosphere change in here. From a challenging spirit to the liberty of God starting to open up in here right now. All you non-believers, look at this. All you that's willing to just stay locked up, look what's happening here. 
It could be you standing up there feeling what everybody else is feeling. How long has it been since you felt what everybody else is feeling? Could be you up there speaking in other tongues. How long has it been since you spoke in other tongues? Could you be standing up there having chains of bondage drop off of you? How long has it been since you could shout? Dance. Roll in the floor. Somebody take you home and you're completely out of it. You don't even know where you're at. How long has it been? to finish this but I tell you right now I don't want everybody to come up but there's some that need to make their way up here right now this is your hour this is your time this is your day this is God setting the stage for you right now you need to make your way up here you need to make that statement
Is that all you've got? Huh? That's all it means to you? I'm going to tell you, he's going to walk right by your life today, but you've got to cry out. You've got to cry out.
Come on, church, we're not done yet. Come on. Come on, cry out. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Have mercy to me, God.
because you're too comfortable with your problem. You've just learned how to live with it. And you haven't reached a place where you're desperate that God, just like the preacher said, it's today. I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of dealing with this. I've got to have a breakthrough today, God. Going back to my beggar's garments. I'm not picking up that tin can again. I'm sick of living this way. Hey, the scripture's clear that in the day that you seek him with all your heart, that's the day you're gonna find him. And that's why some of you have never found the deliverance you keep saying you're wanting. It's because if you get it, okay. If you don't get it, okay. But somebody's got to get to a point where you say, no, if I don't get it, that's not okay. Some of you got to get like that woman that just kept coming to the judge. He said, get out of my courtroom. She said, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. He said, get out. Okay, then I'll be back tomorrow because I'm not going to live with this problem. Some of us have got to get like that man that's knocking on the door at midnight saying, I need bread. Go away. I'm asleep. Uh-uh. I'm not going home. 
Hallelujah. We got to reach a point of desperation. That's right. I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell you when I got the Holy Ghost, it's because I made up my mind. I'm not leaving without it. I prayed for it for weeks. Weeks and weeks. Went back to the altar every service. But I'll never forget that Sunday morning when I walked out of there and I told the people I was with, said, that's it, tonight is the night. I'm gonna get the Holy Ghost tonight. I wasn't gonna live that way anymore. That's the night I got it. Well, hallelujah. I'm talking to somebody here. You're gonna have to grow tired of living the way you're living. You're gonna have to get tired of fighting that same old thing over and over and over. You're gonna to have to reach a place where you say, this is it. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks and I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care if my daddy was this way and his daddy was this way. And his daddy's daddy was this way. I don't care. It's over for me. Hallelujah. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me.